Hey folks, it's your favorite bald boy, Jeremy Kirkland. You're listening to Blamo, my podcast about people and clothes and all that good stuff. So, um, how are we doing? I'm alive. I'm here. We are here. We're together. Right? Isn't that nice? Happy holidays or whatever it is when you're listening to this. It might be happy Easter. I don't know. Or happy Halloween. Who cares? But we got a good pod this week. You know, it's, it's funny because I actually say that every week, don't I? But you know what? I just put out I, I just put out good pods because the bad ones you'll never hear. Um <laughs> I'm back from New York. Look, now here here's a truth bomb. Dude, it was it was a rough trip. It was a rough trip. Rough. Um I had you know, life is full of ups and downs. I had some ups. There were definitely some ups, couple ups here and there. I usually have lots of them when I'm out there, but man, this one wasn't the best. It was just you get some bad news with this, or you get some tech issues with that or you get some you know whatever i'm not i'm not going to complain i have an amazing life um i have a good life you know i always got to keep that perspective but dang man sometimes you're just like budge um but hey the sun rises again you listen to the beatles or um or you listen to my guest this week it's uh it's musician engineer producer fit god mayor hawthorne Mayor and I chat about smiling while singing, making custom silk robes, his new LP, Why Band Merch Sucks, because most of it does, stylish grandmas, Japanese tailoring, big pants, no jeans, stuck in the 70s, and not wearing clothes from the eras he lived through. All right, folks, let's dive in. Shout out Laird Superfood Mushroom Coffee Creamer. Are you on that stuff? I love it. I'm <gasps> addicted. I'm addicted. Really? But I, I don't really care about the like health benefits of it. I just kind of like it the way that it tastes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I started I started using it because I thought like, yeah, I could use this. I'm getting older. Um, I already am like doing my crossword puzzles every morning, my New York Times crossword to like get my brain going because I feel like I just am so stupid <laughs> now. Um but, and yeah, I just, I got addicted to it. The, the taste of it. it. It's, it's crazy. Oh yeah. Cause I know that at one point. Fucking Stevia. Yeah. Someone got me that dumb, it was called mud or something. Mud water. Yeah. Right, right, right. And I'm like, this stuff tastes like spicy dirt. Like it was just, yeah. it was not the vibe. I'm very particular about my coffee. Okay. I, I gotta, I have to have like my very specific type of bean. Yeah. <laughs> Every morning. What do you, are you are you like you use the special grinder, you got your pour over, you got your Yeah, I've got my Mocha Master. Yeah. It's I'm not like a, you know, it's not going to like ruin my entire day. I can't function without it, but I I I do really like my coffee. Well, how, how much of this stuff is cuz I imagine there there's probably a lot of routines cuz like your studio's in your house, right? It was uh I just moved to Pasadena. Oh. So I'm in the process of, and I apologize if if the mic picks up, there's a lot of construction going on over here right now. I'm building uh I'm building a new studio right now that will be like an ADU that's not not actually in the house, which is gonna be so sick. Wait, okay, all right. I can't, talk, I can't wait. Talk to me about this. What do you what do you got in there? What's the gear? Oh, it's not the gear is like you know what I've really found over the years is that the gear just doesn't matter at all. It's not about that for me personally. I mean, obviously there's guys that, you know, there's people that totally are gear nerds and they're 
on gearstrut.com every day commenting and and buying all this crazy shit. But for me, it's so much more about the vibe mm. in the room. Okay. Like the 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 feng shui of the room, the interior design, it's like way more important for me personally that I just want to hang out in that room because if I don't want to be there or feel comfortable in there, then the, I just am not going to want to go, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I was a, um, a, like a second assistant for a, uh, engine, like a music producer guy. I would go in there and I would, you know, basically sit in Pro Tools forum or I would be going and setting up mics and a different, a few different musicians would come through. And some of these guys were like legit dudes. I mean, at one point, I think this was like when Gavin DeGraw was like really popping. Mm-hmm. There, different musicians would come through. And one of the things that um, this producer would do is he would be like, hey, wait, wait, what are you wearing before you go into that, before you go in the ISO room? And like for folks who don't know, like your ISO room, that's like where you're going to do your vocals. And they'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, I just have this. And he'd be like, no, 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 you can't wear that. And he basically, his thing was he wanted people to wear the same thing that they would wear on stage when they were recording. Because he was like, if you uh, show up and you're in like some sweatpants or like a terry cloth robe, unless you're Jamie Lydell, but like mm. he was like, if this is what you're wearing and like you're not you're not going to feel like a rock star, you know, if you're not yeah, dressed like yeah. one when you're when you're putting down these takes, he's like, because these are the recordings, you know, and, and for him, he yeah. wouldn't he wouldn't just um, comp everything together. Right. Like he wouldn't just like make a master take out of 700 l- little ones we would basically be like, that was the take for the verse or whatever. Yeah. And let, let's yeah. do that. But his thing was like, you have to dress a certain way to do it. Like, have you ever, yeah. do you feel that way? Or is that, what are your, t- what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I don't own any other clothes. So like, <laughs> I I am dressed for success in the studio every day in, or anywhere that I am. If I'm at the grocery store or whatever, yeah. like I don't really own sweatpants like that. So I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, maybe I'm the wrong guy to ask that question, but I do feel like, you know what is like I've found is actually really fun. You mean you, it does translate in the recordings. Yeah. Like you can hear everything. Yeah. You can hear a lot of things in the recording that you wouldn't think. Like a big one, for example, is I always tell people to smile when they sing. Yeah. Yeah. My dad because used to do it that. Re- it really comes through in the recording. You can, and it, it does, it doesn't make that much sense, but you really can tell the difference. Yeah, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. My, my dad was an engineer and musician for a long time. And he would always be like, he, that would be a, like a, a trick he would have people do. Apparently it's like a Nashville country singer thing too, where oh, okay. it's like, that's. I just see, I didn't even know that, but yeah, that makes sense. That was your thing is like you, you, you keep, cause it will, cause it, supposedly it helps keep your mouth open, like in a wider way. Cause if you're smiling, like you are getting, I don't yeah. know if it's an enunciation thing, but yeah, I'm sure it, it does. Amused. It does promote good technique for sure. But it also is just, I don't know. It's like a vibe thing. Like a, it's a mood. You can, you can really hear it in the, in the delivery when you're smiling versus when you're not. Yeah. When you were doing your, your, uh, your, recent album did you have like this is the clothes i'm gonna wear for this stuff or like am i gonna wear what i'm gonna wear on tour or because i get it you're a very fashionable guy and we're gonna talk a ton about clothes here oh man but, <laughs> <laughs> you know were you wearing like certain clothes for this oh, recording? in the studio oh yeah um i've been lately i've been really on my silk robe vibe i actually had um i was i was making my own and I was having them made in Marrakesh in Morocco. <laughs> um, and I was selling them 
and they would I would like make a really small batch of them and sell them on my website and they would they've sold out like in you know a couple hours every time that's crazy well can you walk um, me through how that that happened <laughs> I w- I got introduced to this woman who actually made custom suits and that was how I got introduced to her but it, it's a woman that makes custom suits that that's how I got in touch with her okay and she made me a custom suit um and at the time I don't even know if I knew that she was in Morocco and then somewhere along the line I figured it out and then I was just like well do uh, I I had been collecting the a lot of these like vintage silk robes mm. that I just got really I don't know it's like I really loved the look and the vibe and the feel of them they're just so comfortable and they just look so cool to me it's like very it's very luxurious but also like very chill mm-hmm. I don't know it was just felt felt very on on brand for me and then. Um, I sent her a photo of this one, just this random vintage one that I had bought in like some thrift shop in Japan. And I was like, hey, just out of curiosity, like, could you make something like this? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And sent me a bunch of, you know, we we just went back and forth with, you know, honing the design. And then she made a, a batch of them. And I was like, wow, this is very, very cool. It was it was really, really high quality, all from like Moroccan silk. And it just was a it was a amazing, amazing little endeavor. And you said you turned this into merch, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it was like very limited and they were expensive because they're they cost a lot of money to make, unfortunately. But um, yeah, but they they sold really well. Here's here's a weird question. But like, do you think that musicians because I feel like band merch in general, was like a very almost in some cases like throwaway like for for clothes it would be like t-shirts right It'd be t-shirts and hoodies yeah. and I wonder why like why was it especially like for me I think musicians are the most stylish people ever like whenever we yeah. talk about designers whenever that's we talk inter- about this that's stuff, really interesting oh it's a hundred percent you know and it's funny because you know I've had tons of musicians on this show over the years and we had a bunch on this season. And, you know, one guy messaged me and he was like, yo, man, like, where's the designers? Like, I need, you know, like, I need to learn, like, how to dress. Like, I I want, and I was like, okay, that's a fair criticism on, like, a fashion (laughs) podcast. But I was like, dude, like, who, like, when you, you know, when you see that photo of Miles Davis, does anyone know what brand of khakis he was wearing or anything? No, No. because no one fucking cares about that. It's about the musician sets the style. The artist sets the style. Like, no Mm. one's trying to find freaking you know i don't know whether it's like david bowie's pants they're 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 Mm -hmm. fashionable because david bowie wore the pants and i feel like no one really connects the dots enough to realize that for me musicians not that their music is important but like that whole experience the clothes are so paramount yeah i mean i i think especially like in the 60s and 70s too so much of that stuff was custom made for the artist too especially if it was like a david bowie you know yeah so yeah it's not you know but i i do agree that like it is tragic that that band merch is generally just kind of like throwaway crummy t-shirts and stuff and it's something i have really struggled with my entire career because i have really tried to buck that and like make better quality merch and you know more interesting things than just 
t-shirts. And it's been a struggle, but also very rewarding at times. Yeah. You know, I, I, I made a, one of the first like big merch, like moves away from just like regular band merch. Um, I made a, a Mayor Hawthorne umbrella. With who? Uh, because I, I had this song called I Wish It Would Rain. <laughs> on my first album and i was like you know what would be cool a mayor hawthorne a custom mayor hawthorne umbrella and i designed this pattern you know that i basically just like looked up um a gucci or a louis vuitton umbrella a vintage umbrella yeah and i was like okay what if i do something like that yeah and i designed this pattern and i i found this company in i think i'm sure it was in china that would make me a custom umbrella and i was just like you know i'm i'm just gonna try it and it came out really cool and that was like the first thing that i was like okay it's possible to do this and people bought them and it worked and then okay i was like what if i do you know on on my uh on my album man about town i had a song called breakfast in bed Mm -hmm. and i was like what if i make a breakfast in bed bathrobe Mm. and you know a bathrobe that says breakfast in bed on the you know, it was like a it was like a mustard yellow, definitely heavily influenced by uh, the Wes Anderson Hotel Chevalier, the one that Natalie Portman wears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, OK. And I figured out a way, you know, I, I found I did a bunch of searching and online and found a company that would make this bathrobe for me. And that one also was like kind of a hit. It was it was really good. I mean, they don't they don't unfortunately they they're not all hits, but and and it's just difficult. It's it's so time consuming, but it is for me personally. I'm just like yeah, I I got I have to do it. I just I would love it so much. When did you first get into like custom clothing in general? I mean, because you you know coming from Detroit, it it looks like your first album you already had some of the custom suit stuff going on. So like where, where did I it start? didn't I definitely no? didn't I had um my friend Angela in Detroit who styled my very first album shoot that was like the first styled photo shoot I ever did in my life wow and I honestly like didn't even really understand what that meant and then she just showed up with all these like cool clothes for me to wear is this the Lacoste era cardigan stuff yeah that I mean that was some like I was buying vintage cardigans at like Value Village nice in Ypsilanti and that I had, I mean, and like growing up, my grandmothers were, were like the style icons of the family. My, both, both of my grandmothers were really stylish and I wish I would have paid more attention, honestly, to like, you know, but when you're a kid, you just like, don't, yeah, you're exactly, you're just not, you're, you're more interested in other things. But my grandmother's were definitely like my biggest style influences. And I'm sure like a lot of it just rubbed off on me without me even trying. Yeah, like there, there's things that like I'll look at old photos of grandparents and I'm like, oh, wow, like he wore his watch on the inside of his wrist, which was more like, you know, veteran style to keep from reflections of snipers or whatever. Mm. But like seeing the Damn, little, that's very cool. Yeah, seeing the little, you know, you know, little eccentricities yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I mean, necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yeah, that's yeah. that's cool. That's very cool. I'm all I'm very I'm very into like how how utility affects the way you dress, you know? Yeah. And how certain you know, even like the way certain things have a certain articles of clothing have a pocket in a certain place and like how how we have like completely evolved to a place now where we don't even know 
what that pocket is for anymore. Yeah. But there was a reason that that pocket was put there in the first place. And it was like a util- a very utilitarian reason. And I, I, lo- I love the history of stuff like that. Yeah, like ticket pockets on suits to this day. For sure. No, there's no reason to have a ticket pocket. But right. you had one because it was where you put your train ticket. You know, it's like right. there's the special. It's in a way, it's like the cell phone pocket. of our time. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you get into custom clothes through. I, I it was wasn't until much later when I moved to Los Angeles and I I hired my first stylist, my 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 friend Monty Jackson. He he taught me so much about it. Mm. Um, and I really credit him for like so much of like how I look at fashion now and dr- even just like ha- learning how to dress myself the right way. I mean, I really, it's, it's crazy because, you know, just being a, a, a like a public figure, I guess, for better or whatever, for lack of a better You term. can own it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're a celebrity, it, a musician. Yeah. Pe- go ahead. People <laughs> really got to like watch me figure out how to dress myself in real time and yeah early on i look back at some of those photos and i just like cringe so hard i just like (laughs) had no idea what i was doing but i do i have to like i have to give myself you know be kind to myself and like give myself a little credit for going for it like i definitely did like go for it yeah i mean everybody needs uh, a justin timberlake double denim head to toe denim like era picture like you just yeah. you need it man it's it's a part of your uh the whole journey i think <laughs> i really think if you look back at like all the photos of yourself from years and years ago and you don't if you don't have a couple where you're just like oh man i really missed it there <laughs> Like I really failed that one. Then you you didn't take any chances. It's like you gotta have those photos. Oh to, man! You know, first of all, you know, fail fast and hard, right? Like, <laughs> how, how are you gonna know? You know, how are you gonna grow from it if you don't like go out there and fail a couple times? I don't know. Yeah, you just gotta you gotta can't be can't be too so careful. Oh it's yeah, just boring. Yeah, trust me. I mean, this is from me like i i wore a skirt for a while um you know i was trying my, my, my rick owens era yeah, you know you were I, trying it out yep just just trying to figure it all out how are you gonna know <laughs> how are you gonna know if you don't try out <laughs> the skirt yeah when um so like as you're like evolving in your music career like do you like have certain you know because i would say like the early you know when i look at like the style evolution of mayor hawthorne earlier stuff you're a little bit more Motown mm-hmm. in the kind of uh, in let's say the Lacoste cardigan era. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there wasn't as yeah. much color, you know, as as there is now. I feel like you you've really found yourself. Man, I'm still. I feel like I'm still trying to figure it out every day, but <laughs> I do. I do feel like much more confident now in the way that I. I don't know. I have developed much more of a uniform now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I think is important. You know, you gotta you gotta find figure out like what your uniform is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I mean, yeah, it was. I, I mean, honestly, it was all. So much of it was just like learning about clothes and about fashion and how to dress yourself and like and and paying attention. That's what I think. That's what I think. Um, men especially really have a tough time with. 
mm-hmm. and myself included, when I was younger, I just like did not pay atten- enough attention to like what other cool people were wearing. Well, like why why would you at that some point? Especially because I mean, yeah. you know, you're you're a musician, you're figuring out yourself. I think most people's like youth eras are very selfish and hedonistic because you're trying to yeah. survive. So right. I don't think it's, it's, I, no one can get introspective, I feel like, until they're in their, you know, mid 30s, 40s. Because you, what, what do you have to look back on when you were in what, like elementary school? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, even, even in college or whatever, I don't know. I was just like more interested in other things. And I was, you know, I just, I prioritized the, some of the wrong things. I wish I would have paid more attention to like what other cool people were wearing, but it's just not, I feel like men especially have a tough time. Like we're not, we're not, we just don't pay enough attention. Well, who are the people that you look at now where you're like, I want to look like this dead or alive? Um, right now there's this dude, um, Gerardo, who's the guy, the guy who started Jaleva Heritage. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if you know oh, that. I'm very familiar. Yeah. He does yeah, a lot of stuff. My friend sh- Matt Renick. I'm sure you know it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's definitely up there for me. Um, who do I love? I mean, Mick Jagger obviously has like very great moments. Um, <laughs> That's very diplomatic of you. He, Are you, you know, referring to the like, 70s and 80s era of Mick Jagger? Well, he just, he's a guy too that like, I, I love that he just like would go for it so hard. Like, and, and sometimes, sometimes he would miss. And like, yeah, everybody, everybody who is bold enough to like really go for it, you're going to miss sometimes. And that's cool. Like, do you see yourself he, wearing you know, hokas on stage like Mick Jagger someday? Man, I hope not, honestly, but you got to do what you got to do at a certain age, man. When you, if you're, if I'm 80 years old, <laughs> yeah. Performing, I, I hope I'm still rocking on stage when I'm 80 years old. That's true. And if I got to, if, if that's what it takes for me to get out there and dance around. Yeah. Then that's what I'm going to do, I guess. Yeah. Elton John know. would have his suits cut a very specific way because so much of his time was at the piano. Like, right. you know, and so when he would buy Tom Brown, so him and his partner would come in and they'd shut the store down and Elton John would basically buy walls. Now look at the mm-hmm. Tom Brown store, 100 Hudson, there's two mm-hmm. walls. So it's not that, it's not that hard to buy, right. but dude would just get all of it. And then he would have his stuff cut certain, certain way because mm-hmm. he'd be sitting down most of the time. And, right. you know, when you think of like that era of Elton John versus say Elton John Dodger Stadium era right very different styles different style yeah yeah i mean he evolved and he figured it out i mean necessity is the mother of invention you know you you wear a pair of like tight high-waisted pants and you sit down at the (laughs) piano one time and you're just like "Ooh, this is really uncomfortable how you know then you you it clicks you know you're just like oh man i can't wear this type of pants (laughs) if i'm gonna be playing piano all night so i you gotta pivot and that's, that's, you know, that's where, that's where the creativity comes in. Wait, wait, wait a second. I got to get my bids in on the Bezel app, but more on that in, in a minute. I get all sorts of emails and questions from you all, which I love to read and respond. And one thing I constantly get and even read in the Blamo Slack is what watch should I buy and where should I get it? It's a wild world out there with all sorts of websites and shops, but I go to Bezel. Bezel is the trusted marketplace for buying and selling your next luxury watch with expert in-house authentication on every purchase. First off, folks, it's getbezel.com. That's getbezel.com. But 
I use and recommend Bezel because it's the best of both worlds. You can go to the site and browse a marketplace of luxury watches, over 16,000 of them, by the way, which is a lot. And I know that Bezel is going to authenticate your purchase. Or you can create an account and get connected with your own private client advisor called the concierge. Because look, making a watch purchase can be confusing, especially when you don't know all the reference numbers. When was this made? Did they use ceramic then? Is it a triple lop, dingle top? You know, what the heck? I don't even know. But they do at Bezel, and they're here to help. Concierge, baby. Look, if looking for your watch to mark a special occasion, or maybe you're just doing research, right? They even have their own journal where you can learn all the ins and outs about Bezel and the brands and all the stuff that's happening right now. But back to my bids. Yes, Bezel now has auctions, and not just any auctions. They got Rolex, they got Cartier, they got Audemars Piguet, all the big dogs, and more. So you can discover, bid, and know the Bezel team has got your back with verified in-house authentication. So visit getbezel.com on your smartphone or computer. Bezel, the trusted marketplace for buying or selling your next luxury watch. So. When you start to get some more success under your belt and your career, mm-hmm. where did you start to splurge on, say, like your clothing stuff? Um, I mean, suits for sure. I was like obsessed with suits. And I still I still am like very obsessed with suits. I, I am. I've always been a big vintage guy. Okay. I just think like we just there are there are enough clothes in the world like if if everybody if every this is a hot take maybe (laughs) but like if if everybody just stuck if they're if they made it illegal to make new clothes there'd be plenty of clothes for everybody Mm -hmm. for agreed agreed um but you know i i will i will make the the rare splurge here and there and buy something new that i just think is amazing yeah i gotta really think it's amazing yeah (laughs) it's it's rare I get, I honestly, I get very frustrated with men's clothing, like, because what, what'll happen with me is like, I'll, I get a lot of my like style influence from the back of old vinyl album covers. Now we're talking. Because that's like, you know, such a big part of my life is collecting vintage vinyl, which is just one of the dorkiest things ever but it's just me i just have to own it at this point i don't think it's dorky Um, you're good but i just i will see like a a cool outfit that will inspire me and then i'll go and like scour the earth to try to find something like you know what what i see in the photo and i won't be able to find it so i mean it's just i i get like very specific pieces in my head that I'm just like, yo, I need this specific shade of blue velvet pants. And <laughs> and it has to be this cut, you know, oh, and yeah. no, nobody will make it, you know, or or somebody did make it 10 years ago and it's sold long sold out and I won't be able to find a, a pair of them. So I end up just making so much stuff custom now. Oh, that that's incredible, honestly, because I think I mean, it sounds like the back of LPs is like your Tumblr and Instagram for every yeah. every clown like me who was kind of learning how to dress vicariously through people that were scanning Japanese magazines. Like, this is amazing. For sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah I get a lot of it from the backs of album covers. And, oh. and I try to, I'll be like, okay, I see, you know, you took this, uh, 
whatever this prince of wales check jacket and paired it with this shirt and these pants and i'm like okay yeah i can i can pull that off but now i gotta like try to find these pieces and put it together and then some you know sometimes you can find find some things and sometimes you gotta i don't know i've gotten very into making custom clothing and i think a lot of people think that it's like um that it's really difficult or that it's like really really expensive and it's it's really not okay you can get clothing custom made and it's not it's not a lot of times i mean it depends on what how elaborate you want to go but it's it's not as expensive as people think it is yeah i think there's there are brands attached to some of these experiences that people do when they do custom where it's like if you want a jacket from anderson shepherd right i think it's like four to five thousand pounds uh which yeah, is a no, lot. obviously obviously if you're going to the you know the number one savile row well ex- exactly but like you can Taylor, get a custom jacket from a lot of places and i'm not saying yeah, that you, it, can, you know it's, and you can get a quality custom agreed. jacket from for for not that much i mean it's, Who are your tailors here? What, sh- share share some facts uh, here. I mean, my favorite is my man Kyos- Kyosuke Kunimoto in Tokyo. Whoa. He's he's made um he made my wedding suit for me. I just got married a year ago, and Congrats. he made my wedding my custom wedding suit for me. Thank you. And then um he made my last tour outfit for me, my tour suit, which was crazy. Which was also inspired by like I think um a cool in the gang album cover. Oh my god, uh, it was like a yeah. stage outfit that they rocked back in the 70s um yeah kiosuke kunimoto son you gotta check out Cade. i feel like you'd be a taylor Cade guy yamamoto-san okay. who does taylor Cade does um so yamamoto-san yeah, is, is, is similar to kiosuke and he basically dresses from like life magazines and i say this like oh yeah and it's not derogatory in the sense like he he will he sells a whole look like so he made me years ago a really really beautiful um like pretty long like classic top coat that was in this absurdly large herringbone uh donegal herringbone and okay. i showed him a there's a picture of paul newman from like his college era days or whatever i don't know where he is connecticut wherever and he's looking through like a book you know shelf and he's got this oversized kind of raglan sleeve shoulder um this beautiful coat and i mm-hmm. showed it to yamamoto-san i was like hey like this is this is the coat and and he, he does uh-huh. like very 60s classic Ivy stuff. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, how about we do this? And he, he you know, and then he went and he grabbed a chucka boot. He's like, no, 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 white, white jean, you know, uh, brown chucka, you know, blue yeah. Oxford and coat. <laughs> he styled the whole, yeah, the whole He put it together. And I was like, man, total look. Japan is the fucking best, man. Yeah, it's it is. The best. It is the best. So wait, how'd you get turned on to that? Because that's, that's a very much, if you know, you know, with some of these, uh, Japanese tailors. Here. I, I found Kyosuke on Instagram. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, you know, I have a, like, um, another, a disco group called Tuxedo yeah, that familiar. I do with my partner, Jake One. Mm-hmm. And, um, we had a kind of accidental hit song in Japan. Okay. That was really, this song, Do It, was like top five at radio in Japan, like commercial radio. I mean, it was, it was really crazy. And we would go over there all the time. Uh, we still do go p- perform there like multiple times a year in Japan, which is so cool. Um, and when I go to Japan, I'm, I'm not Mayor Hawthorne. I'm the guy from Tuxedo, <laughs> which is, which is really funny. It's fun. It's amazing. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, well, I, I went over there and I just like, de- I messaged him 
and I was like, Hey, do you, you know, do you want to meet up or do you want to come to come to our show? And he came and, and, um, yeah, I've, I mean, I've also been friends with Pogisan. I don't know if you know Pogisan. Yeah. He's like, he's off the, on his own the, now. The, the, he's a fashion icon of Japan yeah. for sure. So yeah, that's been, that's been really, really fun for me. I mean, yeah. Yeah. All the beams and United Arrow stuff, you know, yep. I mean that, that's still, cause I mean, like I was saying earlier, like I feel like I didn't really learn how to experiment or really dress more until I was looking at magazines like free and easy, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like the Tumblr era you know, where right. it was like Mr. Rugged Man and all these different things that would kind of show you <laughs> how to, you know, and there was so many times where like Mr. a friend Rugged of mine, Man is a hard ass yeah, name. Oh, dude, it was so good. <laughs> it was so good. But these were like these cool red wings and then um, the Sierra designs, yeah. you know, but like in a weird way, and I don't, the, my only criticism of that stuff is it was so, you know, um, it was so like detailed and, and like you could find every single thing on there that I actually didn't really learn about myself in the meantime. Cause I'm like, okay, I got these 1947 501s. I got the Sierra designs. I got the bucket hat. <laughs> I got them, you know, I got the, the, the hiking boot, but like now I'm just Jeremy in the costume. Like it was really difficult for me to figure out what I actually wanted to keep. So like, did you have that yeah. moment when you're like, okay, you're looking at the cool in the gang thing, or you're looking at Jim Croce and then you're like, for sure. Where, where do I yeah. fit Yeah. I mean, even back to like the the early days when I was still in Detroit wearing Motown suits yeah. and trying to dress like David Ruffin. <laughs> and I you know, you do yeah, I, I had to like I had to be like, okay, you know, I and then originally I was like, oh yeah, my 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 cool twist on it is I'm gonna wear sneakers with my suits. There he and is. this was like not, you know, at the time n- that was not a thing. Yeah. Like and now I now I feel like it's such a thing, but that was not a thing then. And pre common projects. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was like, okay, yeah, that's going to be my little twist on it. Yeah. And well, you know, now looking back, I'm like, man, I wish I would have just worn a regular, <laughs> a regular dress shoe, but <laughs> it was a thing. I don't know. You can't, you can't be mad at, I don't know. It was, it was cool at the time. Yeah. No, I mean, I still think it is kind of cool to do that. But you do. Yeah. You do got to definitely like, I don't know, like you, like you were saying before about trying out the, the skirt. I mean, you just gotta, <laughs> you just gotta try it and figure out, figure, you know, because the most important thing by far is is you have to feel good in it. Like mm. you and you got to feel confident in it. So like if you throw on that whole, you know, the bucket hat and the full fit and the, you know, whatever the Red Wings and you don't you you feel like you're in a costume and like you're like it doesn't you don't feel confident in it. That's going to affect the way you walk and talk and the way you interact with people. And that that is can be very detrimental i mean i feel seen like i i take lexapro for a reason now and so i'm getting more confident (laughs) you gotta you gotta wear what you feel confident in that is the most important thing when you go up on stage and you're you know you're mayor hawthorne because you're mayor hawthorne in real life and on stage it's blended a lot more as i get older as i you know i feel like when i first started it was like I was really just trying to figure it out and figure out like who is this Mayor Hawthorne? I mean, it happened so fast. Everything just kind of came out of nowhere yeah. and was like I was really trying to figure it out. And as I've grown and evolved and progressed, I feel like it. You know, the I, it's it's really blended together a lot more, and be you know, it's become one one thing where like I I am 
Mayor Hawthorne. Yeah. And Mayor Mayor Hawthorne is me. Yeah. Because I like that's that is a difficult thing. And where I mean, it's where you see, you know, um, a lot of different players like in musicians where you see him in person. And I mean, and so I worked in the music industry for a long time. And like I had, you know, I would hang out with some of these guys before they'd go on stage and mm-hmm. they were like not in character, which is totally mm-hmm. fine. And then, yeah. you know, the lights go out. They're like, all right, I got to walk on stage. You walk out of the green room and it's like, uh, you ever seen Usual Suspects when Kaiser Soze is uh, and slowly turning into, you know, he just like starts For walking. Sure, yeah. It's like that scene when you see these people start to like become the rock stars on stage. Yeah, and it, it, it happens before your eyes. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, cr- oh, shit. It's yeah. happening. The transition is real. Yeah. yeah. The only person I've ever seen do that is um, Tame Impala. Where he just like, oh, Kevin. yeah, Kevin, where he just walks yeah. out and it's like, it was no different than like him waiting in line at a McDonald's. Like he's just like, puts <laughs> yeah, on he's just him. Yeah. <laughs> he's Kevin. He's Kevin no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Which is also very cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a tough but thing. He's just but... cool as, you know, as Kevin. So <laughs> that does, he doesn't, he doesn't need to do anything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think every, every stage performer you know, even whatever, even if you're not performing live on stage, even if you're just performing on the on a recording on the album or whatever, you you are you do ha- you know you're playing a character. Mm-hmm. But I think as time progresses and you do it long enough, the you know hopefully it the lines blur a lot more, and you you sort of you're not you don't have to perform as much anymore. It's just you you get more comfortable and. You figure out like, okay, what, what is this and how to, how to blend the two. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of the stuff, like if people start trying to look you up on the internet and like, I've listened to your music for years and your music has definitely evolved, but a lot of people still classify you as a soul singer. Do you think that's still fair? Mm-hmm. I mean, soul music is always going to be the root of it. Yeah. And I mean, and that's where it all, that's where it all comes from. And the, the, especially the harmonies, I think is like really a big part of where it comes out for my music. Um, that, you know, the, the moments and the whatnots and the shy lights and mm-hmm. the stylistics mm-hmm. and those, those groups, um, with the, you know, four part harmonies, that is something that is always going to be there for me. It's like the, the thing that I feel like. I just can't get away from. I, I just love it so much. Um, but yeah, it's a, my music has definitely evolved a lot over the years. I mean, I just get bored so fast. For better or yeah. for worse, I feel like a lot of, and I've said this before in other interviews, but like, I feel like if I could, I, I'm jealous of peep of artists who are able to do the same thing over and over and over again. Cause I do think it really helps their, them in their careers. Cause that's like, <laughs> you know, what people want from them, but I've, I've just never been able to do it. I, I get so, I'm too ADHD, I guess, for it. Like I just can't, I can't just do the same thing over and over again, or I get bored and I can't be bored. I got, or otherwise I'm not having fun, you know? I mean, I I take a lot of issue with people who don't want the artists that they love and listen to to not evolve. Right. So a buddy of mine, and he goes out and he plays music and people want to hear some of this older stuff, but he's like, I have become so much better as a musician. I've learned, mm-hmm. you know, cause like people like the Beatles got to evolve 
you know, Dylan got to evolve. But mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, musicians that came out more recently, like say the last 20 some odd years, I think it's a lot of listeners want to hold them in a nostalgic way. And they don't, it feels like they don't want them to evolve because it's like, no, 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 I want to be 16 again and have my driver's license and listen to the strokes do this versus like, yo, if Julian Casablanca's and these guys want to go do something totally different, can't we let them do that? Like, yeah, I don't know. Stuff. I mean, <laughs> I, I find myself like falling into the same thing, you know, the same ugly pattern where like, I want I want my favorite artists to do the thing that yeah, I, I get it. that I've discovered them on that I fell in love with them on but and you know like I I'm really big on like when I when I go you know or when when I put my live show together yeah. I want to make sure that I sound as close to the record as Whoa. possible when I, when I'm performing the songs live because I know as a fan a music fan and a listener like when I go to see um you know, Tokyo Police Club or whoever performed oh, wow. what a callback. the song. When I go to see them live and for, I know that was a random one. Um, when I go to see whoever, you know, Radiohead p- perform live, yeah. I want to hear the song. I yeah. don't want to hear some, you know, weird cover version <laughs> remix. Like I want to hear the song. Yeah. So I'm really conscious of that. Like when I put my own show together, I like, I, I really try to like give people as close to the record as possible. I mean, obviously you want to still add in that yes. spontaneous live element that makes live shows so fun and amazing. But yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a tough one, man. Like you gotta, I, I, I want, obviously I don't want to record the same album over and over and over again. And I, I do look at my old albums and I'm just like, man, I don't even know who that guy is anymore. <laughs> like I, but that's kind of good, remember. right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's healthy. I mean, most of my favorite artists ever, you know, Outkast, The Beatles, Steely Dan, whoever it is, like they they have all evolved and changed and grown in their and you know their their last album just doesn't sound anything like the the you know album five five albums ago. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I I do I find myself falling in like I said I fall I fall into the same bad. <laughs> <laughs> ugly habits where I'm just like, man, I, I don't want my favorite band to change their sound. I want them to sound like the the last album that I loved. Yeah. Did you listen to that Andre 3000 record? I I've listened to the, the majority of it. Yeah. <laughs> so did you do other things or did you fall asleep? I fell asleep. I'm going to be, I'm not going to lie. And then I listened to it while I cleaned the house and I didn't yeah. know it was over. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's um I I I need to um I really do want to like um devote some time to mm-hmm. like just um immerse myself in it and listen to it all the way through cuz I do feel like he deserves that. Well, I I agree. I think there's basically a some sort of like Harvard case study you could write about how people respond to artists learning and evolving and whether or not we mm-hmm. want it to be public or private. Like, the, you yeah. know, Andre 3000 gave this interview where he was like, oh yeah. I mean, that GQ thing where he was like, yeah, you know, some of these songs, I was, I was a baby and I was learning how to play this. Mm-hmm. And a part of me was like, yeah, well, that was cool. Yeah. It was, I mean, the interview I read was that amazing. interview. Yeah. It was, it was very cool. But I was like, wait, it's brave. Like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I want to hear you learn. Like, yeah, I want the master to be making the art and I don't want to see, I don't want to see the sketches. I want to see the masterpiece. And it really, it made me think more about like my relationship with musicians in general, because I, mm-hmm. I hold them in such I high regard. I do regards. feel like, every, I mean, I, I don't, would never compare myself to under 3000, obviously, but um, 
everybody definitely, for better or for worse, got to hear me learn how to sing from okay. from the first album to I mean, and that's a that's a tough one also where like there were, you know, early on, I I was like very naive, very um unpolished. And okay. there there is a a certain charm to that that I didn't really understand at the time. I was just trying to sing as good as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. And looking back on it now, I like, I listened to myself and I'm just like, wow, I, I had absolutely no idea how to sing. Like I did not know what I was doing and I did so many things wrong, but there's a, there's, there's a charm to that and a naivete that it's like, it's very charming. And now I'm, I'm kind of like on this last album, I really, I made a conscious effort to not try to be perfect to, oh, to, okay. to do, you know, a, a few takes and yeah. take, you know, one, I do one or two takes mm. and be like, okay, yeah, that one has whatever one feels the most real and has the most emotion or, you know, just that has the best performance. And I would take that one and I would try to like, you know, I would, I would definitely hear things in it that I'm like, oh, I could do that better. But I would consciously stop myself. I have to like go in and stop myself now from because otherwise I'll try to go in and make it Beyonce perfect. Yeah. Like and it's the, not, you know, auto tune or pitch correct or yeah, whatever. It's just it takes a lot of the character out of of the music. And I it took me a long time to like realize that and come all the way around and be like, OK, yeah, perfect is boring. And it's a yeah. lot more interesting. You know, my some of my favorite singers in the world are not very good singers. Yeah, um, like who? I mean, I back in the day, I would. My example was always Kanye, who he's not. He's like not a very good singer at all. But yeah, I correct. really, I, I love, I love his singing. Actually, um, who else? I mean, Dylan is a famously terrible singer. Okay, yeah, he, that, that's he, a perfect he, example. He himself <laughs> joked about it a lot. I mean, even Donald Fagan is like he's not really nobody would ever like put him in the greatest singers category yeah he's, he's not he's he's a really weird vocal styling guy yeah he sings from and like the back like, of his mouth too yeah it's, it's very weird it's, it's weird yeah and that's to me is like yeah i i don't know i guess for some people you either like love it or you hate it and even yeah i'm like i mentioned tokyo police club before that dude is one of my favorite singers he he's amazing i love it the way he sings and it's not perfect at all it's very wonky yeah yeah it's true i i think emotion is what people tend i mean because again this is like the clothing stuff too where it's like when i get into you know like who i'm trying to look like or what i'm trying to you know the artist i'm trying to connect with it's mm -hmm. never a designer like it's right. always a world builder and a person you know the clothes are last you know because yeah. in a lot of ways like replacing the head you know it, 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 <laughs> right. like like that 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 removes everything where it's like no 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 but the vibe what was going on at that time where their head was yeah it's always the mood it's the mood that those clothes invoke yeah. that's what you're going for yeah it's yeah that being said what do you think are some of the best eras music wise and clothes wise i mean right now i'm definitely in my 70s hell yeah thing. i knew it i mean i'm rocking my my bell bottoms i i <laughs> and my bell bottoms and my my cuban heel boots and Oof. okay i'm All like right. very that's that's the zone i'm i'm in right now but i i always try to like 
I don't ever want to look like I'm wearing a costume, you know, like I always try to like modernize it in some way. So you got the iPhone pocket at the bell bottoms in? What you- <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, or, uh, you know, I'm wearing, you know, whatever, an, a new watch or, or pearls with it or something that, you know, nobody would have done or, you know, bell bottoms with some new balance sneakers or something, something oh, that shit. like, okay. something that, pe- no, you know, somebody wouldn't have done back, back then. Yeah, I freaking I think the 70s is like the best era. I mean, especially for music, too, because technology, you didn't have Pro Tools. You didn't have too many tracks. I mean, I say this all the time, like the best music for me was all recorded in the 70s in terms of like sonically. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, I mean, the fact that Dark Side of the Moon is 16 tracks, the whole album is 16 tracks, man. That's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's tough. It's hard to argue with. I mean, I'm also like I was... I missed the 70s, so I didn't Same. do it. I didn't do it the first time around. So now, I don't know. Some I remember back in the day, man, I can't remember who said it. It was like an older a older person who mm-hmm. had lived through the 60s or whatever and and he was like complimenting me on my high-waisted pants or something and it was like I was wearing like a suit that was like a very, you know, 60s style suit. And he was like, oh, I wish I could do that. But I lived through that already. And if you live through it, you can't do it again. Oh, interesting. And I feel that way about the 90s because obviously we're in a very 90s era right now as far as fashion goes. And I feel like I I did that. I lived it. I lived it and did it at the time. And I feel like I can't go I can't like do it again. I can't because I was there. <laughs> what? No, yeah. Cause like, do you want to dress like, at least for me? So I was born in 85. Like, I don't want to mm. dress the way I dressed like in junior high. Yeah. I mean, it just, it doesn't, I don't, I don't ever want to be that, Jeremy. Like, I'm no thank you. i feel like there are there are probably a few little little things that you can borrow from them but yeah i just uh, yeah it's it's really interesting how like everything comes around everything comes back around and i i'm old enough now where i see things coming back around from from when i did it the first time and i'm like oh no yeah (laughs) I, i can't do that again yeah that's so true oh shit yeah i never thought of it of just like that if you lived it and if you if you if you manage to stay alive long enough, yeah, you'll you'll see you'll see things come back around. It's crazy, yeah. it's wild. Everything everything comes back. I mean, it's funny. the The weird thing is, like, so does that mean what what, did, what were people wearing in like the two thousands or like you know mid aughts? Like, well, I don't. That was such a wash time in terms of clothes. What is it just going to be like an Abercrombie polo and Doc Martens? I mean, I, don't I just know. Yeah, I mean, it's coming. Whatever it was, it's coming back. <laughs> You know it. And and when I like when I think about the worst eras of fashion, my my mind immediately goes to the aughts, like yeah. as the the just most terrible. But but I think, you know, my son or daughter is not gonna look at it like that. I mean, for, yeah, maybe. for me, for me, it's I cringe when I think about style in the early two thousands was just the worst. <laughs> but but yeah, but younger people are not going to, they're not going to see it that way. I don't think. I, I mean, I think it's especially because there are, for me, so much of this stuff again is like about music and musicians. So I'm like, who are the bands that I went and saw at that time? 
So it's mm-hmm. like some emo. It's going to be like Chris Carab of Dashboard Confessional and like early, you know, Kings of Leon, which those right. guys don't want to look like. And those guys were dressing like they were from the 70s anyway. Right. Like it was just, I don't, I, and then what? Like Panic at the Disco? I mean, yeah. <laughs> the Strokes maybe, I don't know. Yeah. When those guys were like 60s, 70s, you know, era yeah, stuff. Yeah, they were, they were, right, right, exactly. They were just doing 60s rock, right? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's probably going to be something emo. Or like, yeah, right, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that was just uh, another time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna just have to wait and see. I guess I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm at a stage in my life now where like I kind of I have really figured. I'm really thankful that I've like f- kind of figured out what my uniform is and my what my style is. And now I'm I'm in it forever. Like this is me. <laughs> I mean, it's a great and feeling. I, I don't, it is great because I don't feel that pressure to, Mm -hmm. to like, you know, I, I do, I do, of course, like try to pay attention to Mm -hmm. what's going on. And if I see something, you know, like a new trend or something, if I see something that speaks to me and I'm like, okay, yeah, I could, I, I like that. I could, I could incorporate that somehow. I will, but I don't feel that pressure to do that anymore. I'm like, yeah, I got, I got my thing. Do you see yourself ever getting like making more clothes and doing more like clothing design? I mean, because you're already designing a lot for yourself. Like, I'm yeah. sure there's tons of people that already want to dress like you. Like, mm. I don't know if, if you see yourself <laughs> doing that. Um, yeah, no, it's it's something that I definitely am and am interested in. But I also don't I don't want to like insult the people who really do this for a living and who people who like went to school and trained for it and and you know I don't know. I just, I, if I do it, I do want to just do it respectfully, you know? I mean, you're putting yourself in a corner there. Like Stevie Ray Vaughan couldn't read music. He was fine. He was, he was a good guitar player. Saying, sure, saying that you didn't have the sure, training yeah. doesn't mean you, you're not qualified. Just, just putting that out okay, there. Okay. Okay. I'll take that into consideration. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're starting to wrap here. I want to go through like a few sort of kind of rapid fire, whatever questions here. Um, okay. You got a lot of, you have a lot of good gear. I mean, being that you're on the production side, that you're on the performing side, what is some gear that you feel like you would never, ever tour with? <laughs> I would never tour with? You would never tour with. It's either too precious or it doesn't work. I have a like a synthesizer that I use on a lot of stuff called the Memory Moog that's like a now is a very, yeah. yeah, it's a very expensive, rare synth now that is very fragile. I mean, if if you just like look at it the wrong way one day it's just it's not gonna tune up or it's gonna i don't know it's always in the shot it's like you know old synthesizers are like classic cars where like you know you just gotta like assume that they're gonna be in the shop every couple months like they're gonna need repair so yeah that's one thing for sure like the 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 vintage synths are really tough to take on the road. Yeah, my dad had an Opus 3, and he hated touring with it. It was a, yeah. a Moog Opus 3, and because it also, you tuned it when you played it. So you would actually, like, anytime, yeah. like, people had cordless phones, not actually a cell phone, but, like, a cordless phone, you'd have to keep it away, or we'd have to unplug it whenever he was recording with it, because it would pick up the the wireless thing of like it was like a 900 megahertz cordless phone or 700 megahertz right, whatever yeah, it was you'd, you'd pick up a radio a radio signal a random radio signal yeah <laughs> i mean and so there, there's always like you know because especially now so many people are getting wanting to get into like real classic synths and it's just like man that stuff like you got to keep it chained to a wall that stuff's tough man yeah i do a lot of i do a lot of djing too and like i when i dj i try to spin vinyl 
as much as I can. And mm-hmm. like, I really try not to be like too precious about, you know, cause some of these, some of these 45s are, they're getting up yeah. there in price <laughs> now that it's just skyrocketed yeah. in the past couple of years. And like some of these things, I'm like, I feel crazy, like just taking them on a plane even, or like, you know, pl- put playing them out live. Like it, it feels crazy, but I try, I really try to like, look at it like records are for playing, you know, and you gotta, it doesn't do any good to like have them sitting in a box at the crib. Yeah. It's like, or, or on the wall or whatever, like re- they're for playing. Yeah. Other question, somewhat related, but, uh, do you believe in jeans? I don't see you as I, I, all the photos and stuff yeah. I've seen of you, and I've seen you perform live. Never jeans. Just kind of curious. <laughs> this is a very funny question. I I <laughs> did not actually own a pair of blue jeans until maybe two or three years ago, and I finally wow. was like, I bought a pair of vintage Levi's. I think they're five tens. That that's or five eleven. Five eleven. Okay. Um, okay. And the only way that I will wear them is with the full denim shirt. Wow. Okay. It's just, That's, uh, it's just not, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like it's me. I don't know. It's weird. It's really weird. Cause I used to wear them obviously when I was a kid, I wore jeans all the time and I just got to a certain mm-hmm. point where I was like, it just doesn't, didn't feel right for me. And I didn't think they yeah. looked good on me. It just didn't, I didn't feel cool in them. And <laughs> I I finally figured out a way. I was like, I looked actually. I was looking at an old photo of Serge Gainsbourg. I think he's another. We were you were asking about style icons for me. I mean, Serge yeah. Gainsbourg is a that's an all timer right there. But he was the one that I was like looking at an old photo of him, and I was like, damn, he pulled off the double denim, and he did. That's a way. That was a way that it still kind of looked like a suit. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can, I can experiment with that, and that that felt good to me. And I went to, I think when I, yeah. I, when I was in Paris last time, I stopped in, um, husbands in the Le Marais oh, yeah. and I got, I bought a really nice denim shirt from them with the, with the, um, with the, um, oh my God, what do you call it? The, uh, like opalescent buttons, the, um, little the pearl, pearl snaps. Na- yeah. The pearl snaps. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that yeah, is they, like, I'll pair it with so that. Good. Yeah. Really, really nice. Yeah. Love that. Husbands that is old. very much, yeah, that's like the Mayor Hawthorne brand, basically, in terms of yeah. the, their aesthetic. And they, they got the big, wider leg jeans, but like a very slim waist on uh, their sport their sport coats and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's a yeah. husband's rare example of something that I will like splurge on. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go, I'll yeah. buy some stuff. From, I'll go get a husband's shirt or, you know, a suit from them. Yeah. Yeah, they're, oh man, they're so good. They're really good. Last question, but uh, somewhat, also somewhat related. Do you think Daft Punk will ever get back together? No, not at this point. And are they overrated? No, I don't think they're overrated. I think the fact that I just to- turned on, I don't know, I was watching some show. It was like The Crown. I think I, I was watching The Crown last night and they played Daft Punk in The Crown. I'm like, what? okay, still, still going. I'm like... That that tells me they were definitely not overrated. They they were amazing. What they were able to do. That, the thing about Daft Punk that's so crazy is there are so many bands throughout history that have tried to pull off the anonymity thing. So many, yeah, and nobody, yeah. was able to actually do it except for them. Oh, and that's maybe, a really good point. I maybe never thought of that. Marshmallow, or I don't know. 
Does, does anybody know what he looks like? I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't think he counts. Not not to, not to be rude. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, you know, time will tell. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, no, I think I think that the fact that they reissued their album without drums and it charted. Yeah, and then that, that, was, they, like, that was also very up. cool. Yeah, that's so nuts. They did that. And then I feel like someone's going to throw a lot of money at them. They're going to be like the Eagles. They're just going to break up and stop playing. And then they're just going to keep be like, well, I don't know. That's a lot of money, you know. Might be nice to get another place in the south of France. Yeah, Let's go it's again. possible. I, I mean, Hollow Notes <laughs> did it, and they can't stand each other. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, they're suing each other right now. Uh, did you hear this? I heard that uh, Daryl got a restraining order or something. I don't know. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't like that shit, man. That that hurts my hurts my feelings. No, me either. Especially when you make music that's all about like being happy and like giving people right. hugs. Then you then you're then you're hating on your brother. <laughs> Yeah, Holland Notes brought a lot of joy. They brought a lot yeah, of joy did. to the world, man. I don't like seeing that. Yeah, I yeah, that's that stuff's nuts. But I mean, the Eagles—they're touring again, and those guys. Well, I mean, Glenn Fry's dead. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, Steely Dan. Yeah, I mean, Becker's Becker's right. dead too. He died, but he—I oh, think he uh, he insisted before he died. I think that that they continue touring without him, which is cool. That is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Fun fact, my my roommate, my first roommate in New York played vibraphone for Steely Dan. His name was Bill oh, Ware. Amazing. And he was a he was a jazz musician and he played with uh, jazz passengers with Debbie Harry and Roy Nathanson. And then he toured for a while with Steely Dan and he played on a couple of their albums. Man, and he said those guys gig. were just like the most Yeah, he said they were the most crazy, like militant dudes he had ever worked with ever, where they would be like, you know, constant um you know, like they would ask uh, some of their their musicians to uh, practice scales. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, it was that's nuts. that's why Dan is Dan. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's I, anyway. I respect it. You got to respect it. I mean, that's that's heavy. It's yeah, I, yeah. I do respect it because I mean, pretzel logic is still. Is I don't want to play in the band, but but I do respect <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mayor, thank you, thank you so much for chatting with me. Um, this was really special. Nah, Jaren, thanks for having me, man. It was it was great to meet you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. That's it for this week's show. You've been listening to Blamo. Our show is produced by Blamo Media. We're edited by Amar Law and our theme music by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like what you heard, share the pot with a friend. Just send that little little text. Hey, buddy, check out the show. I don't know. Do whatever you want. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us some five stars. Give us some thumbs up whatever the things are that you do when you like things. You can follow us on Instagram for all the hot content at Blamo Podcast. Um, and if you want to talk to us and give us your hot take, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email. What do you, what'd you think of that? You can even send us a voice note. Why, why not? Do whatever you want. Info at BlamoPod.com. And uh, yeah, check it out. Last but not least, if you want more Blamo, you were listening to this, you're like, man, I need more. Well, first off, we got hundreds and hundreds of episodes for you to dive into. They're all great dig in but if you want to hang out with the blam fam you can visit and join us at patreon.com forward slash blamo where we have tons of exclusive shows which includes blamo presents die workwear we got the triple j show we got good lord we got a lot of stuff but most importantly we got the blam fam in there which is our private members only slack group where folks talk about i don't know cool wallpaper great hot dogs city guides and does this fit look good? It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Check it out. Dive in. All right. 
See you soon.